Welcome to the PCOS Diva podcast. My name is Amy Medling. I'm a certified health coach and founder of PCOS Diva. My mission is to help women with PCOS find the tools and knowledge they need to take control of their PCOS so they can regain their fertility, femininity, health, and happiness. Today's PCOS Diva podcast is sponsored by the seven-day Discover Your PCOS Diva Jumpstart program. Jumpstart is the place to begin when you're ready to commit to yourself and jump into your healing journey. Learn step-by-step how diet, lifestyle, and mindset changes can get you on the right path. You'll be thrilled to feel your energy return, brain fog lift, acne begin to clear, and so much more. Visit PCOSDiva.com slash jumpstart for more information and to get started today. If you haven't already, make sure you check out PCOSDiva.com. There I offer tons of great free information about PCOS and how to develop your PCOS diet and lifestyle plan so you can begin to thrive like a PCOS diva. Look for me on iTunes, Facebook, Pinterest, and Instagram as well. If you're a follower of PCOS Diva, then you know that the three pillars of living life like a diva is to think like a PCOS diva, eat like a PCOS diva, and move like a PCOS diva. And on the PCOS diva podcast, we've talked a lot about eating and thinking like a PCOS diva, Uh, But today, we're going to be focusing our episode on moving like a PCOS diva. And for that, I've invited Jenny Halbert. She is the founder of Wild Wellness. It's a holistic fitness and uh, I'm sorry, she's a holistic fitness and essential oil specialist. And she helps women live and sweat in sync with nature. So welcome, Jenny, to the PCOS diva podcast. Thank you, Amy. I'm so grateful to be here and talk with all of you, all the listeners. Well, I I love your tagline about living and sweating in sync with nature. Uh, And maybe you could tell us a little bit more about what you mean by that. For as long as I can remember, I've loved being in nature. (laughs) I mean, I grew up on a farm and I loved being outside. And so I think that early experience of just having lots of time there really framed things for me, but I definitely had some things happen along the way that brought me back to it. So when I went to college, I knew I wanted to help people with their health, but I started out on a pre-med track. And when I realized I didn't really align with that conventional mainstream approach to health and wellness and to medicine, I decided to switch to uh, working on and studying fitness. And I got my degrees in exercise science and my master's in sports psychology. And despite having that background, I actually got to a point while I was working as a personal trainer that I was tired all the time and I wasn't sleeping well and things were feeling really off to me. I was experiencing some emotional ups and downs that I hadn't experienced before. And after much search, I realized that I had some adrenal issues going on and there was some dysfunction there. And it was a rock bottom moment for me. And I now realize that I used to have this mindset that training harder would get me better results, that I would feel better about myself, that I would feel better about what I was doing. And I was also really hard on myself 
just in my body overall. I actually had an eating disorder for years in my teenage and into my early 20s. So nature has always been an incredible teacher for me too, because when it came to food, I realized that eating nature's goodness instead of man-made packaged stuff was the way to healing from disordered eating and really addiction to sugar and processed foods. And then when I was feeling burnout and training too hard, not resting enough, I learned through that process that I have a cyclical body, just like nature has seasons. I have my own inner seasons and that has changed everything. So that's what I love to teach because I know that it can help other women to feel their best and live their dreams. And that's actually what the wild and wild wellness stands for women into living their dreams. And that too, I'm sure is listening right now. (laughs) Oh, I love your story. You know, I think that a lot of us who have been through um, a health struggle Um, that are now like helping women um, like through their own struggles Uh, we realized that it was kind of a wake-up call that we needed to bring um, like more balance in our life and I know like you uh, when I was struggling with my PCOS I was exercising um, it was almost like a a form of punishment I, I was I'm kind of a type a personality and I felt like I wasn't going to get a good workout unless it was, you know, running three miles and being like really intense, but I would often be exhausted and I would just like drag, uh, like drag myself out of bed every morning to just do it again all over. And it wasn't until I connected with kind of the joy of moving my body and doing it away in, in a way of um, rather than a form of punishment, but is a form of loving my body. Um, And that's what moving like a PCOSD is all about, is that I was able to create a sustainable um, fitness practice. And, you know, I'm really intrigued at how uh, you know, I've, I've gone on your your blog and read some of your articles um, about how you cycle your fitness um, with your natural cycles. And I'd love for you to kind of share that um, method with our listeners. Yes, I would love to. I love that you shared that too, Amy, about your personal experience with it, because I too have been in that place where it was more a form of punishment or like a because of something, then I needed to do this in terms of workout and just always feeling like guilty over taking rest Mm -hmm. or not feeling depleted afterwards. And I just have to say that I think when we uh, feel that way, especially as women, that it often comes from the messaging and the culture around fitness that we often get. I mean, it's not always the same message, but I, I do think there's sort of this current that we could see where mainstream fitness culture sort of has this vibe of like go hard and more is better and um, sort of pushing yourself, which there are, you know, good benefits to that. I mean, physiologically, you do challenge yourself so that you can become stronger. That is how the body works in a sense, but we kind of forget the part where we have to say that, well, also in order for you to become stronger after challenging yourself, you do have to rest. (laughs) And that's where a lot of it comes to. So yeah, it's not always about going easy and it's not always about doing less, but it's not always about going hard and hustling either. And that's that whole spectrum is what's important. So I think it's 
just really important for women, especially to know that because we're different than men in that way. And sometimes that messaging might be more appropriate for men and someone who doesn't have a cycle uh, and doesn't operate in that way, but we operate very different and we have these rhythms where we change throughout the month in so many different ways. So yeah, we can definitely talk about those different phases and what that would look like for the workouts specifically and, and how that can help to not burn out and to just really get in sync with that a little more. Yeah. And I think that's a great point. You know, we aren't, we aren't just like little men. <laughs> yeah. we, our hormone profile is so different. And, um, you know, speaking about hormones, you, you mentioned your own journey with adrenal dysfunction. Um, and so many women listening have adrenal issues and it makes it really hard to to work, to do a, a hard, um, like CrossFit type workout and not feel exhausted. Um, and I do think that that you're right. It probably has something to do with the time of the month too, and, and what our hormones are doing. So I'm, I'm interested in hearing more about it. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think of these phases that we go through in correlation with the seasons, because one, I first heard of this concept through a book called Wild Power, and they correlated the menstrual phase with inner winter, the follicular phase with inner spring, ovulation, inner summer, and then luteal would be inner autumn. So just paralleling the seasons of nature, and that really resonated with me for probably obvious reasons by now, that I just love that connection with the natural world around us and how we can really sync in line with that and kind of take cues from what that looks like and feels like. Uh, But I also want to say that for women who might not have that regular hormonal flow to follow, uh, maybe for whatever reason you're not menstruating or you don't have that ovulatory time that you notice or, you know, whatever it might be, if you're not noticing those four distinct phases, you can also look at the moon for a guide Mm -hmm. in those phases. So inner winter would be the new moon a lot of times, inner spring, waxing moon, inner summer or ovulation, I should say the full moon, and then luteal phase, the waning moon. So again, it doesn't always line up um, with that perfectly. Sometimes, and this is probably a side tangent, but (laughs) I notice a conversation with women who are talking about, well, my cycle doesn't exactly sync with the moon. You know, I don't menstruate during the new moon all the time. Sometimes it's the full moon. And, and I, from my understanding and my experience with that, it can be okay. It kind of just has a different feel to it and it might serve different purposes for us at different times to be in sync with different moon phases. But the, uh, the guide for that can be very helpful if you don't have that inner guide in a sense. But a lot of women who don't even cycle, um, I had someone tell me this recently that she really does still feel those shifts within herself, even though she doesn't have a regular menstrual cycle. So I think one of the most important things as I start to talk about these phases and kind of what they feel like and what the best workout approach might be for you is to remember that charting your experience is really important and Mm -hmm. having some kind of a journal, which I'm sure you teach this, Amy, or have talked about this before, where you're looking at the different things that are going on physically, emotionally, and you're tracking how you feel in your workouts, all of that. And um, in the resources on my website, I have uh, a guide for doing that if that's something that you don't have any idea about yet and you want to actually incorporate even workout tracking into that because there's certain things that are 
going to be really important for you to take note of and then notice patterns along the way. So that can help too, just as you're trying to understand it better. I know that's been so huge for me to understand and kind of feel what's best for my body in a bigger way. Yeah, that sounds like a great resource. So we can connect to that in our show notes. Um, You know, that's something that we do in the Eat Like a Diva pillar. We, We talk a lot about getting in touch with how food makes your body feel yeah, and exactly. This mm-hmm. is just would be a great extension to track how movement or exercise is making your body feel, and then even dialing that deeper into um, you know noticing it during the different phases of your cycle or phases of the moon cycle. Yeah, and it's all connected, and kind of as a next step to looking at maybe how that correlates with food and how that's making you feel. You know, that would be. I love your pillars and thinking, moving and eating and have all that connects. It does for sure. Yeah. And, and I just, you know, I always start with thinking because I feel like you can't create a sustainable, positive lifestyle change until you start reframing the way you think about yeah. your PCOS. Um, so you're not, you're, you're no longer thinking like a victim. Um, you're, mm-hmm. you know, feeling empowered to take control. And, and I think that that sort of mindset shift, I mean, you being a sports psychology, um, you know, background, uh, maybe before we kind of get into the phases, I would love to just get your opinion on the thought process to create like a positive, sustainable workout program or, or, or workout regimen for yourself. Sure. Yeah. And a lot of this may even come in the phases with some of the different ways that we might be feeling and how that um, oh, yeah. okay. feels into it too. But mm-hmm. I mean, as a side to that, and I, I'm sure that everyone listening is eager to hear about these four phases too, but like having just that mindset shift, like we talked about in the beginning about mainstream fitness and sort of asking yourself, like, where do my beliefs about my body and about movement come from? What has my journey been with that? You know, what have I been influenced by or who have I been influenced by? What have I experienced along the way that's given me the understanding that I have. And just an example for me personally, I know that looking back, I had a lot of influence in my early teenage years from like fitness magazines that would come through the mail and just things that I would see probably out and about at the store too. And these articles with, you know, women on the front with um, displaying what the ideal body or what I mm. then perceived was the ideal body. And Shape magazine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I was trying to think of some names exactly, but yes, all those, the ones that, you know, have that picture and they have like the five minutes to a, or six minutes to a six pack. That would have been one of the, you know, great articles or whatever. And it was just get, kind of my, my mind was formulated in that way. The, the thoughts were formulated in my mind that way from, seeing in those things and then trying to uh, um, kind of model after that, you know, and at that age, like before you're maybe conscious of those kinds of things, you're just taking it in and, and creating that. And it wasn't until I looked back <laughs> that I realized that so much of that shaped my body image and how I was trying to be a certain way and really just tapping out and not tuning in. So if that's still going on for for someone in certain ways, 
is, you know, and I think for all of us, we, we sort of constantly have to check in because it's not like it ever really stops. It's just maybe that you notice it when it happens, you know, because I still would say that there's times when, you know, I might see something and it's like you have that thought for a split second of comparison or you're thinking like, oh, I, I want my, my body to be able to do that or, you know, and then it's especially during a certain time of the month where you might not be feeling your best. And then um, this is just a silly example because it's even with someone who doesn't have a cycle but when I'm in my time of the month where I don't feel like going hard you know I'm either bleeding or right before in the luteal phase in that inner autumn and I don't feel like going for a run I just feel like going for a walk or I feel like uh, doing some easy yoga stretches instead of something more intense well kind of like you said Amy like I'm a I'm a go like type a kind of person I'm an Aries sun and astrology like it's my kind of inclination I think to like to do that stuff and I really do like to challenge myself and push myself so it feels good like that's where I feel most at home in the cycle and it's more challenging for me to to take a step back and I think if someone with PCOS particularly is listening and maybe you it's almost like your mind wants to go but your body says no maybe if you feel that way sometimes too where it's not exactly in sync it's really hard for me to look at for example my husband who might feel like amazing and he's going out for this awesome thing and having a good time and I'm just feeling like oh you know I get into comparison where it's like I I don't want to feel this way right now I don't want to feel like I'm tired or I don't want to feel slow and in that way but I've had to work with that and try to understand better that thinking of kind of our push and productivity culture and that goes beyond workouts that goes into so many different things but it does kind of lean into everything that we do from the way we work to um, just the activities we're involved in to the workouts that we do. It's like push, push, and more and more. And I think one of the, one of the biggest things to notice is not only when you're feeling that way and at what times you feel that way, but then to look for ways before you land there that you're going to rest. It, it's been important for me to kind of identify what feels like rest to me me and what and not to land in that moment and then decide like okay what what am I going to do it's almost like I needed a list of how to rest you know and like a sort of a framework on what exactly that would look like so then when I landed there it didn't feel like nothing you know as as silly as that might sound that that was like a baby step for me because it was too hard to land there and just do nothing you know so I don't know if that helps. I feel <laughs> like we. Yeah, I mean, I think just giving. <laughs> yeah, I, I think giving yourself permission to rest is yeah. is kind of what I'm hearing you say. And and um, yeah, I talk a lot about creating like a movement menu for yourself, yeah, so that exactly. you can. Um, so it's what I'm hearing is like a rest menu. And what does that look? Maybe it's just doing some restorative yoga or or taking a walk um, or even taking a hot Epsom salt bath because your your muscles are sore from the day before. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I love your word menu. I use the same idea for a workout menu actually in the, the blueprint program that I have on how to work out without burnout because I'm not one who would be like, here's your plan. You know, here's your plan for this week or the following week. Mm -hmm. It's it's very much needs to be pick and choose based on how you're feeling because we're all different points in our cycle. So 
So, so, okay, well, let's, let's dive into the cycle now. Yes, we should. Everyone's like, okay, let's talk about the four phases now. Um, So we'll go into the menstrual phase first or that inner winter. I also refer to this as the base phase because to me, it's sort of where we begin again in in a sense and base as far as the energy goes. um, The other ones would be build phase, peak phase, and then recovery phase. So sort of makes sense in context that way. So this is usually day like 28 to maybe day five, if you have that part of your cycle. And it's a stage of bleeding, obviously. We have that need to slow down because our body is working on releasing. And so that go inward and rest is a time to listen especially to your body. I know we've been sort of talking about this the whole time about listening to your body no matter what phase it is and that is important but this one it's especially important to not overdo and to really rest and recover hard. You probably also will want to spend more time alone and that's something that I think women need to understand more a lot of times too. I know I did (laughs) that you know I, I wondered why I wanted to retreat and be by myself or that I didn't feel like I had the energy to be in a group. So if you don't feel like going to the group workout or even just in your life, you don't feel like going to something that involves being around a lot of people, like know that it's a more introverted time and that's perfectly okay. It's probably going to fill you up and serve you the best so that you can have a different energy and hopefully a more optimized energy for the rest of your cycle. And I think that's the really important part of this phase too. Like if you do restore and if you do allow yourself to slow down, to walk, to stretch, to do what feels good, you're not going to overstress your system. And then that's not going to carry into the rest of the cycle because I do think they're all connected in that sense. And this one's really important to make sure that we're giving ourselves a break mentally and physically. So to, to be like more specific, even with some ideas, I also really like grounding movements that happen close to the ground or close to the floor. So yoga poses that might bring you onto your back where you can hug your knees in, or you can do uh, a stretch for your hips, like pigeon pose. If you're familiar, jot it down and you can look up what that um, would be guided, what that would look like. Um, Things that are going to really allow you to move in that part of the body so that you don't stay stuck and stagnant and stiff. A lot of times I think that might be our inclination when we have pain or discomfort in a certain area of our body. We just want to stop. We just want to not move or, you know, not um, sort of get energy going through that area, but it's actually important sometimes to do that. And you can even do that through massage. You know, to me, that's movement as well and, and breathing. Uh, I think breathing can be really important during this phase too. So once we start to head out of the menstrual phase and we're building into the follicular phase, which would be inner spring, your hormone levels are starting to rise too. And higher estrogen in this phase often makes us more vulnerable to injuries because higher estrogen is equatable to less stiffness in the muscles. So sometimes we can kind of overstretch or overdo. That's one thing to keep in mind. Some some research has shown that. And also with higher estrogen, you might be more resilient to cortisol. So that would be helpful for doing harder efforts and your pain threshold being higher. So your capacity to 
really do something a little more challenging and then recover from it is going to be better during this phase. So if there is going to be something that you are working towards or that you're wanting to challenge yourself with, this would be the time to most likely do it. And another thing to keep in mind is that insulin sensitivity seems to be higher during the follicular phase due to those higher levels of estrogen. So you can utilize carbohydrates more efficiently. And that's why when you do higher intensity cardio activities, that can be a good match because you're going to utilize those more when you are uh, doing the higher intensity stuff. So this phase is, like I said, a good time to do something that's more challenging. It could be a run instead of a hike, or even if you're not into running and you're into hiking, maybe doing a, a route that has more hills on it, or you know, doing a walk that is more fast-paced. And I like to do things that are also a little more spontaneous, a little more playful, not so regimented. I mean, that's probably my overall style in a sense anyway, most of the time, but especially during this phase. Uh, like for example, right now I'm on like day seven of my cycle. So I'm just in the this spring phase that we're talking about. And this morning I wanted to go and do some strength training and I do that in the woods and I literally am just lifting rocks and logs and natural elements that I have my own little workout gym in the woods here set up. But I also wanted to do just some sprints at the end. Like I just felt like going fast. It felt fun to do that. So I did some sprints where then I would recover in between and then go fast and then recover. So something playful where maybe you're mixing in strength training with a hike or a run, or you're doing something that's intervals or you're going to different locations um, along a route or something. Or if you are on a walk, it could be stopping and doing some push-ups and then walking some more and then stopping and doing some lunges. Just keeping it playful and nothing regimented. Maybe you could even follow music. That's something fun to do where you're picking up the pace as the music picks up and speeds up and you feel that energy. And then maybe you're slowing down on those parts of the song. So it doesn't have to be this regimented thing where you have a certain number of reps and a certain time and all of that. You can keep it playful. Yeah. So I guess um, at, like, I'm thinking that that first phase, when you were talking about grounding, mm-hmm. I know um, I just went through the first phase of my cycle last mm-hmm. week and I was fortunate enough to go visit my mom. She has a little place um, on the ocean and going for a walk like Mm. barefoot on the ocean was really grounding Mm. um, for me and felt really good, good during that phase of my cycle. And, and I'm noticing that this week I definitely have a little more pep um, and feeling more energetic and did, you know, a, I, I I love Pure Bar, and this morning I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to do an Empower workout, which is kind of like their cardio workout, mm-hmm. um, and it felt good. Where last week that was like, oh, I, I do not want to do that work. <laughs> exactly. So it, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it, it's really interesting how I, you know I'm kind of seeing what you're saying in my workout um, routine as well. Yeah, and and the biggest thing that I have noticed in myself with learning this and putting it into practice and just having it help me to not overdo is that I used to really be hard on myself when I would feel that way in my cycle, you know, during maybe that pre-menstrual or menstrual phase when I just didn't feel like doing, because sometimes that can be like a whole 
week for me or longer. And sometimes it just feels like, wow, like what's wrong with me? I started to ask myself, what's wrong with me? Why am I getting out of shape? Like what's, what's going on? Because it would happen for so long and I didn't understand at all during that time that I was having those thoughts that this was part of the cycle and it's normal and it's okay. And you know, you'll have your ebbs and flows. So that's Mm -hmm. why I want women to understand this so much so that we don't have to be so hard on ourselves and ask those questions because there's nothing wrong with you. (laughs) It's exactly how it's meant to be. And, and I know, um, you know, right before my period, which would be what the like early fall. um, Yes. So I I get very like tired, like, and, Mm. and a nap, you know, a 30 minute nap in the afternoon is so rejuvenating Mm -hmm. um, for me. And I think, you know, not like you had mentioned earlier, not just paying attention to um, exercise and movement, but paying attention to when you really do need to that extra rest and allowing yourself to have that. Yeah. I also loved how you said about uh, being near the ocean last week with your mom, because (laughs) that is actually something that I try to go near. And I feel drawn to going near when I'm bleeding too, because the water element is associated with that phase, that inner season. And it just, to me, it also kind of symbolizes flow and flowing Mm. with ease and allowing things to just move along, you know, and and not to be stuck or stagnant. And I, I love being near the calmness of water, whether it's a creek or ocean or, you know, wherever it might be. So even if someone doesn't live anywhere near water, I think a bath can fit into that too. Like just trying to think of where you can immerse yourself more in a water element. Um, definitely that bath with Epsom salts and maybe some essential oils could be super yeah. helpful during yeah. that phase of our cycle, especially. Yeah. So the next phase after you go through the follicular phase, um, that egg is released, you're moving into ovulation. So this is where hormones usually peak. And this is also the inner summer. And I call it the peak phase for that reason. But peak hormone levels correspond with peak energy levels. And that's why um, you want to, during this phase, take advantage of that if you are enjoying certain exercises that you want to do and you do feel like going for it, this would be a time to challenge yourself, go for a, a race that you might do if there's any runners listening or, you know, just do harder efforts and know that you're going to have the capacity to recover more. So it's a little different than the spring phase in that during this, it's sort of like there's not these distinct four phases, even though there is, you know, you sort of have this ramp up. So in the early spring phase, you might just be starting to feel that rise in energy. And then maybe towards the later spring, early summer phase, that could be when you're really getting the combination of both. But then you might have times during that inner summer phase where uh, maybe during ovulation, you have some rises and falls in your energy just because of the hormonal ups and downs too. I mean, you're not going to have as much of that in uh, the ovulatory phase as you do in the next one in the luteal phase, but just know that these are both the most, the, the inner spring and inner summer, the follicular and ovulatory phase, those are, the, they're the most energized or the most um, kind of, you're mm-hmm. thinking of yin and yang, you know, they're the most mm-hmm. yang of the cycle for sure. So also like longer efforts are going to be more suited for this one as opposed to the spring, you know, spring might be like those quick sprints or like a shorter 30 minute thing that you might do 
But if you want to do like a longer hike or a longer run, your capacity for something that's longer but moderate intensity is going to be better. Whereas in that spring phase, it was more quick and intense uh, and then allowing yourself to recover, of course, too. Yeah. And, you know, I can, as you're talking, I can really see how you, you need to record this in some type of a journal or diary. Yeah. 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 Notice, you know, details of what you're doing and details of how you're feeling. Um, I use a number rating system to keep it kind of simple, but just so you can glance through and see your different levels that you've gone through and how you've been feeling kind of a pattern wise. But yeah, it helps a lot because you do have ups and downs even within a cycle even within a phase. And that's why I say, you know, I don't think there's these four perfect phases because even though you might think you're dipping into um, this next phase, like the luteal premenstrual recovery phase from inner summer, you might have some days in there where your energy kind of rises again. That happens for me a lot of times. So even though what I described next, this general vibe of the luteal phase is probably more that yin, like you're kind of sinking down towards that, uh, menstrual phase again, where you may need more time to recover and all that. It's going to be a little bit of up and down in this one because your hormones are going up and down. So you might have high energy followed by dips. And a lot of times that can make women feel extra sluggish. So know that you might have more energy in the first part, but then definitely give yourself permission. Always give yourself permission, but especially in this one, give yourself permission to ease back to lighter activities as your hormone levels are going to drop towards the end of this phase as you get closer to menstruation. And I I do think that it's important too that, you know, a lot of us hear that moving our bodies can help with reducing bloating or helping with our mood and all of that, but do what feels good to you. You know, there's a lot of things we can do to help ourselves in that way. And yes, you know, I'm going to say definitely that those things can help. um, But if it's something else for you, it doesn't have to be a workout that doesn't have to be exercise, or at least it doesn't have to be exercise in the way that you envision it. So one thing that I mentioned earlier about breathing, um, and I know that's not necessarily something people think of with a workout, but it's so linked to our movement. And to me, it is movement in a way because it's moving breath through our body. And I think that can be a really important focus during this phase when you might not feel like doing kind of your, your typical or your what you would normally do other times. I don't know if there is a a normal anymore as you think about this process, but things that you would do during this phase aren't going to look the same as the other ones. And the breathing is going to be one of those things that you might practice. So doing some deep breathing or breath work of some kind, and also maybe focusing on areas of your body or your movement that have been neglected a little bit. So maybe you have like a nagging injury or a a stiff part in your body or some tightness that you just sort of have been ignoring because you could (laughs) during the other phases, uh, especially that inner summer ovulatory where you're feeling energized. And if you've been ignoring it, this is a good time to revisit it and do some extra stretching or work on alignment type of exercises like with Pilates or yoga or working with someone who can really help you in that way. Maybe it even is you know, physical therapy in some form, but this would be a good time to revisit that and kind of check in with yourself and see what needs my attention, what's been ignored, and maybe where can I work on some stability in ways that I haven't been. So that sort of gives the general 
vibe of the four phases. Does that, does that all make sense? Do you feel like you have any questions about any of those? No, I, I, I think it's really fascinating and I can see how it plays out um, in my life. You know, I do yeah. have a, a, a question. So women with PCOS, uh, we don't, don't seem to cope with stress all that great. Um, we have to be, we have to be really cognizant of it. Stress really wreaks havoc on our hormones. And, and, you know, when you, we get into that fight or flight sort of cortisol response Mm -hmm. place, I'm just curious, how does that affect this um, sort of workout cycle. I, I mean, I know when I'm really stressed, I, I feel like the adrenaline's pumping and I could like, r- like run for, you know, a mile and uh, where I normally couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> just, so I would love for you to talk about cortisol and the stress mm-hmm. response. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because that was actually on my mind as we were talking about some things earlier. So stress is something that our body doesn't identify the difference between a mental stressor, a physical stressor, a stressor from, uh, when I say physical stress, that could be like from digestive diet or from like physical exertion through exercise or emotional stress. And so when there's stress, there's that response with a rise in cortisol so that we can react and have that. But when that's sustained, you know, that can be, that can be good and, and helpful to times if we allow ourselves to also come back down to a more rest and digest parasympathetic state. But if we have intense exercise that is constant or any other constant stress, and that includes physical or emotional or something related to other parts of your life, then that is associated with all of the sort of HPA dysfunction that we're, we're talking about with adrenal fatigue or even insulin resistance when you have, especially with PCOS, when, when you have intense exercise that can make symptoms worse and that constant stress is associated with insulin resistance too. So that's not really a, a good cycle there to be in, but I think it's, it goes back to paying attention to how, how your stress levels are right now and sort of looking at it overall. So one thing that I realized too, as I was personally working through this, is that I had to not just pay attention to the stress of the workout. And when I maybe had a more, a higher capacity for it in those cycles that I described in those phases, but also like what's going on in other parts of my life, you know, and how am I feeling overall? Is there is there something else going on that's really adding to stress right now? So that's why I actually noting your level of stress is part of the journal for Perfect, yeah. this whole thing, because you really have to note, like, well, if your stress levels are very high because you have something else that's really intense, like a project at work or in your business, or you have something relational going on, or there's just something else in your life outside of this, or even something physical, like maybe you have been really dealing with a lot of symptoms with PCOS or something else in your health and that's causing a lot of stress for you, then you're going to have to take that into consideration when you think about everything I just told you, you know, in all of those phases, like it might not look perfectly um, just like that. And hopefully, I mean, you got that anyway, that that wasn't meant to be like, this is how it should be for you because there's no should for anyone. It's going to be different for each of us. And even though that sort of is a general guide for how we can 
go with the rhythm of the cycle and kind of follow the ups and downs, you still have to pay attention to those other personal factors for you. And stress is going to be one of them. So mm -hmm. yes, it can be good because exercise can also help to uh, allow our systems to, you know, release and kind of, it, it's, it's helpful to have that endorphin release and have that uh, adrenaline because those endorphins are those feel-good hormones that we hear about where, you know, because of exercise, your your mood overall can be improved or more stable or you can feel, uh, you know, more happy, more energized because of exercise. But if you're personally noticing that what you're doing isn't resulting in that and it's not giving you that feeling afterwards, you're constantly feeling burnout and tired, then don't necessarily throw out movement altogether, but just look at what you've been doing and change something about it, you know, change the intensity or change the activity. Um, most, most often you're going to change the intensity of it at least for a while, but you really just have to pay attention and listen. And I always say like, have a plan, but don't fall in love with it. Um, you know, be willing to be flexible. And that's a key part that I actually noticed in my, uh, master's thesis research, I, I studied women who had chronic pain and actually looked at the relationship between pain and stress and how exer exercise buffered the, the two and what the relationship was between all that. And one thing that I noticed in the surveys and the interviews and the research that I did with them was that the ones who were flexible, who were able to adapt to certain days of intense pain versus I'm feeling good today versus I'm not feeling good today and just how they were feeling overall. They were the ones that had more of the endurance, like they had a more consistent and sustained routine that they were proud of, that they were, that they felt good about, you know, and that they weren't the ones saying, I wish I was exercising more. I wish I felt better. I wish I wasn't as in, in much, in as much pain. They were the ones who were saying, yes, I have pain. Uh, but the days that I do, I walk instead of run or I swim instead of bike or, you know, they kind of know their bodies and they know what they need to adapt and do. So that flexibility and adaptability, I think is huge no matter what. And that's important for all of us, but it's, it's especially important for those of us that need to be more in tune with ourselves because our body needs our extra attention at certain times mm -hmm. or as we go through certain things, you know? Uh, yeah. And it just sounds to me, it's just being kind of being kind to yourself. Yeah, exactly. Well. Yeah, exactly. not beating yourself up. Um, right. All right. So ladies that are listening, um, and this all sounds really great, but they're just stuck and they just can't get started moving. Mm -hmm. um, can you give us some advice there? Like how, how can you just kind of get yourself motivated to begin? Yeah. Yeah, I, I get it because – a lot of times it is kind of like that your mind is saying go, but your body says no, or maybe your mind and your body are both feeling like, and not to separate the two, but hopefully maybe someone will relate to that idea where it's like you feel a little bit of that tension and yeah, it's great when you have a lot of energy, but when you don't, it can change everything. So as I said before, it's not always about taking it easy and it's not always about going hard. I think it's really just about starting somewhere. And if you were to ask yourself, like, what is, what is the best thing for my body today? And just choose something that sounds fun. And if, if you haven't been doing anything that 
um, maybe you're starting, you know, brand new, think back to what maybe you did at one time that was enjoyable to you that you haven't done in a while. I think sometimes, and this goes for me and for other people that I've worked with and, and just that motivation that wanes and ebbs and flows as well. Sometimes we have to really shake it up and we have to just do something different than we have been doing. And movement can be that, you know, exercise can be that. And if you feel very frustrated with how you're feeling, you feel very um, like in that slump, like you described, and you're not sure what you should be doing next, just ask yourself, what would feel fun? What would be the best thing for my body based on the phase of the cycle that I'm in? Just even think about that from what I shared with you today. What, what day are you on in your cycle? And maybe you'll notice that you're actually in the luteal phase, like a couple days out from your period. And so maybe that's why you're feeling a little sluggish and you can choose something from the menu ideas that I shared and start there. Or maybe you're in, let's just say you're in your inner summer phase and you're thinking, wow, I should have a lot of energy according to what she just said, but I don't, <laughs> you know, like, and you're thinking, well, what's wrong? And there's nothing wrong with you there either. It just means, you know, that you have your unique experience and who knows, I don't know what's going on in your life or in your body or what you're going through. But if that's where you're at and you're still feeling like you don't have the energy for what you want to be doing, just start with the next thing and um, choose something that is enjoyable. I don't think as you went back to saying Amy in the beginning, like how a lot of us, including you and I like used to really think about exercise as a, um, as punishment, as something that we had to do, you know, as something that we just were forcing ourselves to do to check it off a list kind of thing or to burn calories or whatever. I would just challenge you to think about like, what, what does it mean to you? Like what kind of movement does bring you joy and why is it important for you to do it? Because I think, I think it's a, an innate thing for all of us to enjoy some aspect of it. And yes, it's harder for some people than others. And some of us have more propensity towards physical exertion than others do, but there's something for each of us. Yeah, Even that if it is just starting with breathing or starting with the bath, like you said, to feel better in our muscles or starting with inhaling an essential oil, like taking a step that's going to get you to the movement, you know? Yeah. Yeah. As we're doing this podcast, I'm watching my my son and husband walking back and forth, bringing um, like landscaping bricks to the backyard because they're yeah. a little. They're building a patio, and this is really like reinvigorating my husband, um, getting him moving, getting my son moving. I've been been digging back there too, so it could be a fun kind of home improvement gardening project that gets yes. out there in the, you know, the fresh air and. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That's exactly what is the essence of what I was getting at is the fact that it doesn't have to look the way you think it should. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to look the way that you've read about in the fitness magazines or from the gym or from the workout video or from a personal trainer or anything. And, you know, all of, they had their best intentions because all of those things are great, but whatever's great for you right now, it, you know, in whatever way that looks, just kind of ask yourself that question. And I think, I think our, our bodies and our, our brains, they answer us when we are able to ask and really listen on what movement would be best for me right now. What would be fun? What would be enjoyable? What would kind of ignite some movement within me from the inside? 
Oh, that's that. That's a great place to end the the podcast. Um, Jenny, I do you have a, like an online resource that kind of explains the different cycles that we could put in the show notes? Yeah, at jennyholbert.com slash wild is a cyclical body quick guide. So it does go through some of what I shared and then some other details about the cycle as well, just in a quick one two page PDF that you can download. And there's some other resources there too that are really aligned with living more with in sync with your cyclical body, whether that's workouts or your lifestyle. So definitely those are some great places to start or to head from here. Yeah, and I know I know that you have um, a podcast and some programs. Um, maybe you could just briefly tell us about that. Sure. Yeah, Wild Wellness Podcast, which you can find wherever you listen to podcasts as well, or on my website, JennyHolbert.com. And the Workout Without Burnout Blueprint is something else that you'll find on my site. So if you're really interested in exploring this more and putting it into practice knowing that you need to follow a more cyclical approach as opposed to a linear one because you need to recover from burnout or you need to avoid it, whatever it might be, you're into that more intuitive and mindful approach that we've talked about, then this blueprint will help you to understand more of what I've shared here and how to plan your workouts in a way that maximizes your peak times and also maximizes those restful times so that you can feel better. And it's really for all women, no matter what your experience is with your cycle or without one, I, we can all tune into that. So all of that, yeah, all that would be um, best to find at my website at jennyholbert.com, which thank you for sharing in the show notes. Uh, well, thank you so much for, for coming on and helping us uh, learn how to better move like a PCOS diva. And thank you everyone for listening. I look forward to being with you again very soon. up our podcast today. Thank you so much for joining us on the PCOS Diva podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you liked this episode, remember to subscribe to PCOS Diva on iTunes or wherever else you may be listening to this show. And if you have a minute, please leave me a quick review on iTunes because I love to hear from you. If you think someone else might benefit from this free podcast, please take a minute to share it with a friend or family member so she can benefit from it too. And don't forget to sign up for my free weekly newsletter. Just enter your email at PCOSDiva.com to get instant access and make sure you never miss a future podcast. This is Amy Medling wishing you good health. Bye-bye.